Hey there, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower the world to learn English the fun, natural, and real-life way. We believe that English should not be a dry and boring school subject, but an inspiring and enriching lifestyle that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. In this podcast, you will have lots of fun, learn plenty of new expressions, and drastically improve your listening comprehension. We'll also teach you the secrets of native pronunciation, connected speech, and help you tune in your listening and speaking to the rhythm and flow of English. So sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Oh yeah! What is up, Real Life English podcast listeners? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts are fun, natural, and effective way to learn English. So download this now and listen to us while you are stuck in traffic. Getting a root canal. Drinking a beer. Cracking walnuts on your head. <laughs> or ironing your suit. So let me introduce you to my co-host, the man who wears his birthday suit to important meetings, Justin Murray. What's up, guys? That's true. It's on underneath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, What is a birthday suit? A birthday suit is actually when you're naked. Yeah, we say that, I guess, because you're born naked. Ah, oh, I never realized that. Because on your first, very first birthday, when you're born, you're wearing your birthday suit, which is nothing. Oh wow! Yeah, never even realized that. And no one's ever said anything when you rock up to a meeting with your birthday suit on. Ah, it's it's covered up by some clothes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You also said cracking walnuts on your head. To crack is like to break, right? Mm -hmm. You crack a an egg, for example. Mm. Okay. Well, we're very excited to be here today. We have a hell of a show for you guys. Let's start off by getting some listener love from some iTunes reviews. Maybe do we have any iTunes reviews today? Yeah, we do. So in that case, let's move on to the shoutouts. You know you make me wanna... All right, we have a shoutout for Fred MLS from Venezuela. Fred what, sorry? MLS. Okay, MLS. Uh, so, Fred left us a five-star iTunes review. It says, excellent, kick-ass. What does kick-ass mean? Kick-ass means it's, it's a colloquial slang way to say really good. Yeah, if you've been reading the transcripts, you probably know that by now. Mm -hmm. This podcast is excellent. It allows you to learn English in a natural way. I'm tired of English courses with the boring grammar, and when you see that after some years studying English, you can't understand TV series and movies. You realize that something is happening. With this podcast, and now with the connected speech pronunciation lesson, I've seen a great improvement in my pronunciation and listening skills. Just a little bit of willpower, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Fred MLS from Venezuela. Thanks a lot for your iTunes review. It's great to be rocking it up there in Venezuela. It is. Hopefully, uh, seems like he's learning a lot. I think this is really cool. He actually mentioned the connected speech pronunciation lesson, and I think it's cool how he connected that to understanding like TV shows and things like this, movies. Because if you don't really have much insight into how natives speak and connect their words, I think it's difficult to understand as well. Yeah, definitely. It's like you gotta you gotta see how natives are speaking in a natural environment, and the words just sort of flow together. Yeah. All right, so thanks a lot, Fred, for the iTunes review, five-star iTunes review. And just remember, if you want to help us out and help out 
other people around the world give us a review and it improves our ranking in iTunes and more people see this awesome podcast. So that's it for the shout outs. Let's move on to the news. So Justin, I believe you found an interesting news story related to your experience with Van Damme. Yes, I did. Actually, Van Damme, I was teaching him how to break walnuts over his head. Mm. And apparently the word got out and somebody broke the Guinness Book of World Records for most walnuts smashed on their head. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the Guinness World Records, we actually mentioned that in a previous podcast. Yeah, the woman eating the steak, right? That's it. The woman ate the steak, uh, two kilogram steak in three minutes or something like that. Yeah. Okay, Justin, my man, what's the headline for this article in that case? Man breaks record for smashing most walnuts with his head. Wow. Again, they're using that word, smashing the record. We say that a lot. It's common collocation, right? It is, to especially s- for records. To smash the record. Yeah. So to smash would be just to break, but more than it's emphasized, not just to break, it's to, I think I even used the same word in a previous podcast, to annihilate. Yeah. To break it, to smash it, to crush it. It just goes everywhere. It breaks, yeah. but... You- so where is this guy from? What's the deal here? Why did he do this? So Mohammed Rashid headbutts his way through 155 walnuts in one minute at Punjab Youth Festival, Pakistan. Oh, awesome. So he headbutts his way through 150 walnuts. What do you mean by headbutt? Headbutt is when, actually the term normally is when two people like, it's almost like when you're fighting, mm. you headbutt somebody, you hit your head on their head. Yeah, it's probably a Van Damme move, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I taught Van Damme a few of those moves before. A few headbutts? Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, to punch someone with your head. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You do this in capoeira, don't you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Little. Capoeira is the, the Brazilian sport, martial art that, that Chad has participated in. Yeah. I wonder if people actually know what a walnut is. For example, the reason why this is so impressive is because a walnut is like a nut, so kind of like a peanut or a cashew nut. But it has this really strong casing around it, so it's really hard to crack the nut. And these ones are really big nuts, too. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They're big walnuts. You like the big nuts? <laughs> That's nasty, man. <laughs> That's a perverted joke, just if you guys wanted to know. Nuts sometimes are referred to as testicles. Yeah. But that never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to read the first paragraph here. A Pakistani... Martial arts expert has found notoriety after headbutting his way through 155 walnuts in one minute. His record-breaking attempt literally smashed the previous record of 44 walnuts. Oh, so he beat it by a lot. But like over three times. Yeah. I wonder if he had a headache after that. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically, there was a long table and there were, there were lines of two walnuts and he just smashed them one by one. Yeah. And we'll link the video here. There'll be some pictures of it in the transcript. Yeah, it looks pretty incredible the video is it's worth watching it's really crazy he's really quick and his headbutt looks really strong as well yeah he's he's a badass it's a he is a badass talking about headbutts there's another cool expression to butt heads what does that mean butt heads is like when maybe you don't get along with somebody you're you're you know you're having conflict yeah about something if there's a specific subject that you butt heads about, it means you don't agree on that subject. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like you're fighting, but it just means that you're disagreeing. Yeah. Okay, awesome. There you go. Another news story for real life random news. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video of Muhammad Rashid breaking, or should I say smashing the record, we're going to post it on the show notes and it will be linked on the transcript lesson. Okay, so 
that does it for that. It's about time we moved on to today's conversation topic. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about, man? Yeah, so today we're going to do a special episode on how to learn English, how to learn languages with TV shows. Oh, that's a great topic. Very effective way to learn English or any other language, I think. Yeah, it's a fun way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you used it in your language learning experience? So when I was learning Spanish in Colombia, I, wa I used to watch this TV show called El Cartel de los Sapos. El Cartel de los Sapos, what like is a, that? A drug cartel of the, the, literally means frog, Okay. but it's like a snitch. A snitch? What does snitch mean? A snitch is somebody who, who reports to the police. Oh, okay. So if, if we have a criminal business or something, then I go to the police to, and, and I snitch or I report you to the police, mm. that's a sapo in Spanish. Okay. So how good was this and why was this so good for you learning Spanish? I mean, just by the context of what you're telling me the show is about, it sounds like maybe you learn a lot of drug language and, you know, po police stuff and criminal stuff. Uh, it's just good to have a daily diet of language. Mm. So if, if you can be entertained every day, then it's much more likely that you're going you're gonna to use it because it's, you're not studying. You're, you're actually just doing something you enjoy. Yeah. Nice term, by the way, having a daily diet. That, I guess you kind of mean just having a habit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, obviously, we did a recent podcast about the importance of having ha good habits. I think TV series are a great way to actually establish a really good habit as well because you kind of get addicted to the TV show as well. Absolutely. What does addicted mean? Addicted is when you crave something, you really need it. And after you see an episode, you're like, oh, I really want to see the next episode. See, I, I kind of have this personal theory about, about TV series and mm -hmm. learning a language. It's kind of like if you watch one episode and you understand what's happening, you're just so excited to watch the next one, your senses open up. Mm -hmm. It's almost like just a necessity for you to understand. Yeah. And so that's a really, really great learning moment. Exactly. Learning opportunity. Yeah. It's like, I mean, another... TV series I've watched recently, which is kind of similar to this one you, you're talking about in Colombia, is obviously Breaking Bad. <laughs> Breaking Bad is ridiculously addictive. Oh yeah, it's it's horrible. And this is the thing about English. Going, we'll go back to Breaking Bad in a moment, but it's like you have the best TV series in the world. So you have such a huge selection, just mm -hmm. great TV series that it's impossible not to find something that you like. Exactly, they have everything you can think of. I mean. A lot of my students, they love watching TV series. They love things like Grey's Anatomy and Law and Order. <laughs> but I just, I just can't get into those kinds of TV series. What does get into mean? To get into means to really, to really enjoy it and watch it on a regular basis. But do you like those kinds of shows? Uh, I've watched Grey's Anatomy a little bit. It's not mm -hmm. bad. What was mm -hmm. the other one you mentioned? Law and Order. Law and Order I never got into, no. Not at all. Okay. Uh, I, I really like Friends. I think Friends is an excellent, excellent program mm -hmm. to watch, to learn English. Yeah. Actually, it's funny you mention that because when I first came to Brazil, I was staying at my friend's house and he had like, he had many series of Friends on DVD and I was laying low for a little while. What does lay low mean? To lay low means not to really like go out and spend money and things like this. I was just trying to adapt to Brazil first. So I spent a lot of time at his house just hanging out and I watch Friends, for example, in English with a Portuguese subtitle. So I think it was a good way for me to just start accumulating some good vocabulary from that. Yeah, that's an excellent way too. Anytime you're watching TV, even in your native language, if you can get subtitles on in English, mm -hmm. that's you're reading it. It's, yeah. You're still benefiting, you're still learning. It's not as good, of course, as watching it. Yeah. Or watching it with subtitles, but... Exactly. What do you think of the 
in your opinion, what's the best sequence of actions to take? Like, let's say you're starting at a lower level of English. What would be the best way to watch a TV series in regards to subtitles and audio? Well, it depends on what kind of person you are and how much you love English and how much you love the show. Because the idea is you want to find a balance between enjoying it and learning. Of course. Because if you're getting bored with it and you can't engage in the TV show or the, in this TV series, then mm -hmm. you're not going to continue. Yeah. You need to look forward to it. Exactly. If it's like a drag, if it's like a what is, chore. What does drag mean? A drag is when you do some kind of a task that's very um, very boring. It's very dull. It's a drag. Oh, that's a drag, man. Yeah. So you can't have it be a drag. It's important to be engaged. So find that, that balance to be engaged. With that said, maybe a really good thing to do for a beginner would be to watch it in your native language first, or at least the... the audio with the subtitles in English mm -hmm. or vice versa. You have to experiment to see what works best with you, but yeah. then, and then watch it in English with English subtitles mm -hmm. because you have the context to understand Yeah, a lot it, better. Maybe it depends on whether you're more of a visual learner or more, or if you want to maybe practice your listening more, it depends on what angle you want to take with your learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's really good to have subtitles in English on both of them. You can also read the synopsis. What does synopsis mean? Synopsis is like the summary. Mm -hmm. So you can print out or maybe just bookmark on the on the website and just read a summary of the TV show of the of the episode mm -hmm. before you watch and then you have context to understand. You're kind of prepared to know what's going to happen just by reading just the the summary in that case. Yeah. Or you can also take scenes and just digest those. We actually have a really excellent article written by Ajie Ferreira. Mhm. Mm who is one of our friends. He has a blog as well. He's an excellent teacher. He's been on this podcast before. Yeah. Which podcast was it? It was the podcast with Ajir. <laughs> <laughs> he came to our party, actually. But he wrote this article. It's one of our most popular articles mm -hmm. about how to use TV shows and movies to watch TV. I think TV shows are a lot better than movies in a general sense because you can form a habit. Exactly, yeah. That's the best thing you could do. Because a movie is really long as well. It's hard to really be focused for like an hour and a half, two hours. And who has two hours a day? Exactly. exactly. So with a TV show, the 20, 40 minute one, that's stretching it. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by stretching it? It means that it's maybe on the limit of what's acceptable. Okay. But anyway, so I, what about you? What do you think is, a, is the ideal uh, routine for somebody? Yeah, well, when I tell my students to, um, to watch TV series, I obviously I, I look at their level. If they're low level, I say, okay, first of all, just like you said, have the audio in your native language, subtitles in English. The next step is to maybe switch that over. So you have the audio in English and subtitles in your native language. Then the next step is to have like English audio, English subtitles. Then the last step is just English audio, no subtitles. But obviously that's like the sequence that you go in of development. I mean, it's really good to start training your ear as well even if you just listen to it in english for like two minutes and then if you just test your understanding maybe go back that two minutes and then put the subtitles on and just see how test yourself how well did you understand that and i think this works really well i think this is something that a lot of my students get a lot of benefit from and like you said when you become hooked on a tv show it's difficult to not do that and you think about it and you're like you're you're intuition will guide you a lot of times while you're watching it yeah like for example if you know the characters you can sort of start filling in the blanks of what they're saying even if you don't completely understand them because you know the characters so well yeah that's another really good point about knowing the characters because we've talked about this a lot before i know a lot of students especially i know a lot of people many of them are my students 
I'm just going to say, especially here in Brazil, because I know the TV series Friends was really popular here. It still is. And a lot of people have really learned their English from that TV show and also from a specific character, like the character from the show you really identify with. And often you can kind of take on their persona to some extent and it can really help your, your pronunciation. It can really help you feel out your, per, your own personality in English as well. What do you think about that? Yeah, actually, that reminds me of something I heard. Somebody was telling me about, I didn't meet this guy, but what friend of theirs, I guess his English is just sick. His fluency is just sick, just amazing. Sick is like really good or yeah. awesome, cool. Right? Well, obviously, if they listen to last week's podcast, I'll know what that is. But we talked about it in the context of cool. Exactly. We didn't talk about like sick is something that's just really good. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, right. his English was just sick, really good, and I, I guess apparently he he emulated a character on a TV show for like mm -hmm. three or four months and read the transcripts mm -hmm. and started like anticipating what he was going to say. Oh wow! <laughs> and just started imitating him. Oh, wow. And in just a matter of a few months, his English became like almost flawless. Oh, my God. Flawless. What does flawless mean? Without flaws or without errors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that could be something that you can try out. Mm -hmm. Definitely experiment with it. Mm -hmm. Experiment with characters. Experiment developing your own persona. And you can mm -hmm. use TV show characters yeah. for this. A lot of the time when I tell my students to do this... They get a little skeptical. They think, oh, but that just sounds like I'm acting. If I'm always just copying the, the character from my favorite TV series, I'm not really being authentic. I'm just acting that person's persona. But I think it's not like that. I think you can use their persona to kind of just help you with the pronunciation, help you with the way that they speak. And if you identify with that person, it probably means that you're similar to that character in some way. So it's kind of helping you iron out your English self. Yeah, well, be, you're becoming an actor. You're sort of expanding kind of your sense of identity, right? Yeah. Because you can't be so stuck on your native language identity. You have to expand your identity so you can include like this other language and create like a, a new you in this new language, exactly. which is English. And you've, it's sort of like a new lens for the world. Yeah. So Justin did this in Colombia with the TV show he was watching. So when he goes there, he sounds like a total gangster and like <laughs> he sounds like he works for the drug cartel of the Sapo, right? That goes around like killing people and buying and selling drugs. He really took his the persona from the TV series and he really made it who he is today. Well, you know, actually, because we live in Brazil, I watched Breaking Bad, the entire series in Portuguese. Oh, cool. So I got addicted to that in Portuguese because really, I don't really like the Brazilian TV shows that I know at least. And I don't really like soap operas or telenovelas. Mm -hmm. I don't really like those. So I'm watching like American TV shows in, in English dubbed. Okay. What does dubbed mean? Dubbed is when they, they just put somebody else's voice yeah. over it. Exactly. Some people think it's kind of cheesy and probably is. Yeah. But I mean, what options do we have? Exactly. Yeah. If you're using it primarily to learn or help you understand the language, I think it doesn't matter if it's a little bit cheesy. I, I watched with, it with you, and it was, it was actually not too bad. I think the way that they dubbed the voices, they actually really did a good job at and it. And then I heard it in English, and I'm like, this sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get used to it in, in, in Portuguese. Yeah, totally. I did the same thing with uh, House. House, okay. Do yeah, Dr. House. Okay, that's another good one, House. Yeah. Small dosages, I'm not a big fan of House. Yeah, I didn't really dig it that much, but I watched the whole season. What do you mean by dig it? To enjoy it, to really identify with it. Yeah. See, when I, when I watch TV series... I don't, the reason why I don't really watch them in another language is because it's generally based on the English wordplay. So if you watch something like Family Guy or, you know, American Dad, 
that kind of stuff. It's very sarcastic, and a lot of the jokes are based on wordplay. So maybe these ones aren't so good for watching it in your native language. But if you watch this kind of stuff in English and understand the the humor behind it, you're doing really well. Because not only are you learning the language and really practicing your your hearing and your, your just your comprehension in general, you're also getting a lot of contact into the different culture, the different humor from the United States. It's kind of similar in Australia. It's kind of sarcastic. We use a lot of wordplay. So when you get to that level, when you can understand that kind of stuff in English, you're doing really well. Yeah, it's good to make your English really flexible too, and, and sort of just open your perception to different、uh, aspects of the language and the culture, so that you're not kind of just stuck on what you learn in, in school or in the books. Exactly. Exactly. There's so many like hidden things happening that you may not perceive if you don't really pay attention to the subtle things. Exactly. Yeah, because when I watch, for example, with the Family Guy in English, and there's a, a Portuguese subtitle, I notice that the translation it just it just can't translate into that language because it's a wordplay. It's based on English words, so it's really hard to translate that kind of stuff. What do you think about just going through some maybe some popular TV series, TV shows that? Are happening nowadays that have happened in the past few years. Just to sure, some good options for people to check out. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd have to admit that I don't really watch TV shows, or at least I don't really watch them on TV. I don't even really have a TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> watch TV either. I really don't like commercials, and like it's it's kind of I feel like I'm being brainwashed by it. Yeah, yeah. Me too. But most of them, I、uh, just on the DL, I download them. Well, yeah, you can watch them online too. Like you have Netflix too, right?、Yeah. Netflix. I don't know if this exists in every country, but Netflix is a really good way to watch online TV、mm-hmm. streaming. Yeah, subtitles. It's like twelve bucks a month or something like that. I think. Well, even less here. I think it's like eight eight bucks. Yeah, right. Eight American dollars、um, here in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So,、uh, what do you like to watch, man? What's your favorite kind of TV show? I love Friends, and I love recommending this TV show. This this show. To my students, my friends, anybody learning, because it's got 255 episodes.、Mm. If you can watch from episode one to the end and study English at the same time, I believe that you can get fluent in one year, from zero to fluent in one year. Yeah, right. And it can be a really great process. Yeah. So that's pretty much watching nearly an episode, maybe like kind of five episodes a week. Yeah, it's like it's it's a great show to do that with.、Mm-hmm. Maybe at first it'll be a little bit difficult if you don't have a base for it,、mm-hmm. but. For example, if you're listening to this podcast and you understand a lot of stuff, then start watching Friends every day.、Mm-hmm. Just watch how your English evolves. Yeah, yeah. I mean,、um, Friends. I've seen probably all of them, and I think just the story in general. It's pretty cool. You do kind of get attached to the 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 cast, to the characters. It's a very cool mixture of different kind of people. It's six friends, and they all have a very different personality. So it's a great way not only just to help your English, but just to see how these different People are, you know, you kind of really get a, a good insight into their life. And the humor just keeps you going, and then it's humorous. There's drama, and the whole series is like ten years, so it goes from like their their mid twenties、mm-hmm. to their mid thirties. So it、yeah. takes you through a few different stages of their life and all the situations that they have to face. Yeah, that's definitely a great option.、Uh, one that I like to watch, like I said, I like sillier kind of stuff, like The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons. The thing about it, there's no story to it.、It's、yeah, like, right. I mean, there sort of is, but it's not. It's not a continuation like Friends. Friends, it's you can watch just one episode of Friends, and it's you don't have to know about the whole story. Or there's like that deeper understanding of the whole story, where it's more captivating. It's more interesting. So you mentioned the Family Guy, another adult cartoon, right? Another adult cartoon, yeah. Maybe like kids' cartoons are good too. I think there are some of those that some of my students have really enjoyed watching them. Really. 
just find them so boring or just so silly. Yeah, maybe some people can hang in there, you know? Yeah. Ooh, hang in there. What do you mean by hang in there? Hang in there is like to last, to to accompany mm -hmm. something, to endure something. Mm -hmm. But maybe some actual TV series with real people in there that I like would be, okay, obviously Breaking Bad, we just mentioned that. Very addictive. If you're going to watch that, be prepared because you're going to watch the whole damn series because it's really addictive. It, it's really, really addictive and it's good too. Yeah, it's kind of intense. It's very intense. It's a little watch. bit dark too, I think. Yeah, well, it's about drug dealers and well, I don't want to spoil it for you. What does spoil mean? Spoil in this case would be if I was to tell you what actually happens and it ruins the surprise. Uh, but another one, other series that are similar to Friends, I would say probably Two and a Half Men. Yeah, it's definitely a different energy though, but... Different energy, it's yeah. It's funny though. It's funny, but it's kind of Charlie Sheen. Yeah, he's his own character. I mean, it's hard to really identify with Charlie Sheen, but he's very entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's a show that, that's captivated a lot of the world. It has. And lastly, I'll say maybe How I Met Your Mother. Okay, you yeah. wrote an article about that? I did write an article about that, yeah. Especially, mainly about the character of Barney. You know who Barney is? Like Doogie Howser? No. Yeah, he's the guy who was the... Doogie House, like 50 years ago, however long ago that series was. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of an Australian TV series that I could tell you guys about, but I can't think of any. Don't you have a New Zealand passport too? I do have a New Zealand passport, yeah. What about Flight of the Concords? <laughs> yeah, that actually is really good. <laughs> Flight of the Concords. Okay, I'm going to go with that one. Flight of the Concords. New Zealand. Yeah, there are two guys from New Zealand. For those that don't know, New Zealand is in the South Hemisphere next to Australia. A lot of people don't know about it because everyone just thinks of Australia. Isn't it, I thought it was the state of Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are called Kiwis actually? Yeah, the, uh, the name for a person from New Zealand is a Kiwi because the national bird, you probably didn't know this, the national bird of New Zealand is the Kiwi bird. I thought it was just the fruit you eat. <laughs> no, no, it's not the fruit. But your parents are Kiwi, right? My parents are Kiwis. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm Australian, born and bred in Australia. But, uh, yeah, Flight of the Concords. Really quickly, check this out. There's two guys, Brett and Jermaine, two Kiwi guys. They go to the United States to become famous musicians. Very average musicians, but they're really funny. And it's a really awesome TV show. If you can understand the humor, you're going to love it. Because they're, they're kind of dorks, you know? And they're just clueless in the United States. So that's why it's so funny. <laughs> what does clueless mean? Clueless means they just have no idea what's going on. Like, that oh, guy's clueless. Without a clue. Without a clue. They have okay. no clues. Yeah, that's pretty much the TV series that I watch. Probably the final one I'm going to recommend is actually, it's called Touch. Touch. Touch is a show, two seasons. Kiefer Sutherland, who was in the 24, which is another popular one. Mm -hmm. It's kind of based on this idea that everything is connected. And it's like the butterfly effect. So if you do one thing in one place, that's going to affect things across the world and mm -hmm. it shows all these different stories happening in different places and how they all come together yeah. to form this really dramatic and, and kind of um, serendipitous. Ooh, serendipitous. Nice word, man. What does that mean? Serendipitous is, it's like kind of like fate, destiny or something that, that is supposed to happen. Yeah. It's like something that's like too perfect to happen that's like, wow, this is just too much of a coincidence to be just a coincidence. Carl Jung the psychologist talks about the synchronicity. So when kind of when you're on your path, then things start to happen, serendipitous things where you meet the right person at the right time. Yeah. The universe sort of conspires to make things happen. Exactly. And yeah. that's serendipity. Yeah.
Great word. That's, that's going to be a word of the day soon. I love that word, serendipitous. Yeah, so check it out. Touch. Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah, Flight of the Concords. I'm going to link a, like, a video from Flight of the Concords onto the show notes just so you guys get a feel for it. What does get a feel for mean? To get a feel for something is maybe just you see a little bit of it just to kind of understand what it's all about. Just to get a feel for it. To get like an intuitive feeling for it. Exactly, yeah, to see if you can connect with them or not, just from seeing a little bit. Yeah, this was actually in the last transcript. It um, was. Yeah? Yeah. But we'll link some other articles we've written about this. Ethan, our other partner in crime in Real Life English, he wrote an article about this recommending a bunch of different shows, TV shows for nice. learners, different kinds of TV shows. That about wraps it up, right? That does, I think, about wrap it up for today's conversation topic. You ready for the question? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so today's question is the difference between meet and know, and there is a lot of other things behind this, why people confuse these two words. So, Justin, what's the original, what's the definition of meet, and how is that different to know, in just a very simple explanation? Okay, nice to meet you. I'm Justin. Oh, hey, Justin, nice to meet you. I've met you, we we talk about man. we've been working together for a long time now. So to meet somebody is to meet them for the first time. To know somebody is to be familiar with that person or that thing. Yeah. So I met Chad four years ago. Yeah. I, I have known him for four years. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, meet and know in that case, you're always going to use know generally in the present perfect then, right? I have known you. Or I can say I know Chad. You know me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can also use get to know. Get to know is a process of knowing somebody, mm-hmm. getting to know somebody. Yeah, so maybe if you are, I don't know, if you're looking for a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend, you might want to just wait a little while, get to know the person before you start dating or... Yeah, and also you can use it for a place, for example. So, for example, I, I went to Sao Paulo mm-hmm. last weekend, but it took me a few days to get to know Sao Paulo. I don't, still don't know Sao Paulo very well, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting to know Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, you know where things are, you know how to use the, the transport there, you know the good places to go to eat and things like this. You, when you know the city or you're getting to know the city. And so a couple of mistakes people make, for example, um, with no are, hey, you know, I, I knew you yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I knew that person. It means, wait, you don't know that person anymore? Yeah, it's like I knew him yesterday, but now I don't know who he is. Who are you, man? So you met them before. Maybe you had Alzheimer's. Or maybe if the person dies, you knew them. Exactly, yeah. So Two very morbid <laughs> examples in that case. Another another mistake that people make is like, hey, do you know? Do you know Sao Paulo? Yeah, people make that mistake all the time. It's more like, have you been to Sao Paulo? Yeah, that's one of those things that I just don't think it probably translates very well into any other language. I think English is very unique in the way we use that. Have you been to? Yeah, because do you know is more like, are you familiar with the city? Do you Have yeah. you gotten to know Sao Paulo? Yeah. But also, obviously, know is always used for, um, you know, knowledgements and also, you know, like, so know, you can know a place, you can know a person, and you can also know information. Mm-hmm. Meet, you can only really meet a person. You can meet up, you can get together with somebody. Mm-hmm. You can, so you have, you can meet somebody for a date, mm-hmm. a romantic date, mm. right? You can meet somebody for a meeting. Mm-hmm. It's where the word meeting comes from, probably. Yeah, so it's like a business meeting. Yeah. Or you can meet up with somebody to hang out. Okay. What do you say if you just like, if you see somebody in the street, if you see a friend, what do you call that? I would I would use the phrase verb to bump into. I would say to run into. Run into, bump into. So a lot of people make the mistake. They say like, oh, I met. Yeah. You know, I met Ethan in the street. Yeah. But if you, I ran into him. Yeah. To meet somebody is more like a plan. Yeah. Right? That's a lot of information, but... Luckily, we have an episode of Real Life TV teaching this, so yeah. 
We're going to link it here in the show notes and the transcript. Yeah. And also the transcript will help you understand everything because we're going to give definitions to all the words. You have everything that we're talking about is written. So you can follow the podcast and listen to it at the same time. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, boy. So that pretty much wraps up the whole podcast for today. We hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun being here. It was fun being here, right? Okay, guys, so today we're going to play you out with a song by the Flight of the Concords, like we mentioned earlier. It's a TV show about two guys from New Zealand who moved to the United States to, to launch their career as musicians, but it's actually a TV series based on them there, and a lot of the songs that they sing are actually from their TV series. So we're going to link you to the video and the show notes and the transcript, so check it out because it's also a little bit of their TV series. So you get some insight into the TV series. You get you get a feel for it, if you know what I mean. We talked about that today. So uh, check it out. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Thanks a lot for being here today. You will hear from us next week on the next Real Life English podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How'd you meet your lady? I was going for a jog and she lost the dog. I was running in the air and she lost the terrier. Was this about 20 seconds ago? No, about 23 seconds ago. So you're not thinking what I'm thinking No, cause you're thinking I'm thinking what you're thinking Are you talking about a girl with a beautiful smile? Yeah Like strawberry wine Yeah, yeah Blueberry tracksuit pants White chocolate skin And socks That sounds like her Hang on a minute Stop the track Eugene, stop the track Do you mean the girl who came up to us when we were running in the park just now and she was looking for her epileptic dog? Yeah, that's the girl. Was her name Barbara? No, I think it was Barbara. Her name was Barbara. It was Barbara. There's no such name as Barbara. It's Barbara. It's Barbara. It was Barbara. 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 She was looking at me. No, she was looking at me. Brad, she was looking at me. She had an eye on my knee. Dog, I'm sorry, she had an eye on my guns. Oh, you're loco. She was checking out my buns. No, bro, she had an eye on me. She had an eye on me. Well, how could she have an eye on both of us? Wait a minute, you talking about the girl with a lazy eye? I think she might have had a slightly lazy eye. We're both in love with the sexy lady With the eye that's lazy The girl that's fly with the wonky eye She's smoking with the eye that's broken I think it's hot The way she looks left alive Yeah, yeah